School Rebellion. We're talking about guilty pleasures guilty tonight. Guilty pleasures this evening. And would you like to introduce our first? Well, I mean, no French table is is complete without a bottle of rosé in the summertime. We've come a long way from Annie Greenspring's strawberry wine or Boone's Farm. You know, yeah, the the rosés of the. Of well, they were they were an attempt to introduce the rosé to popular culture in the late hmm. 60s, early 70s, ah, okay. and they were truly repellent. <laughs> However, um, although this is only a humble Kirkland vintage, it is Côte de Provence, so who knows where it comes from, Kirkland. but if it comes Kirkland from... is legit. You know what I heard? We I want heard money from you, Kirkland. Insider scoop. Kirkland champagne is actually Veuve Clicquot. I don't doubt that. And it's not the same price. And what else have we here? We also have pepper jack cheese with soda crackers. I mean, it doesn't get much more guilty as a pleasure than that, it's true. does it? true. I will have the cheese, but not the crackers. Here we are. And we're probably destroying the microphone with all this. <laughs> Cheers. There we are. Cheers. Yes. Cheers, little, everyone. little ring for so the little, mic. This is like Graham Kerr out of the... This, this is Riedel Crystal. Oh. What um, is it? Riedel. Riedel. Riedel Crystal, yeah. You're so much more refined than I am. <laughs> um, Except for the shorts. Yeah. But, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know. We're talking about Boone's and... The oh, I was going to say, this is, a, this is a bit like, like uh, Graham Kerr, the Galloping Gourmet. Do you yeah. remember him? I've heard the name. Graham Kerr was one of the first... Um, uh, well, he was a contemporary of Julia Child. Julia Child was into fine... Dining Graham Care was was a more popularized approach to to a cooking show, and he used to drink on his own show, and he <laughs> frequently wind up completely sloshed by the end of it. I've got news for you, John. We're drinking on our own show. We are. We can do that. I had a friend who opened a business, and he he'd have you know a beer behind the uh, the counter. I'm like, you can do that because you you know you can drink at work because he's like, I can. I own it's this. True. Place. So. That's true. I don't know what the rules are of uh, drinking on YouTube. To be honest, I have to look that up. I really don't, I doubt very much whether there is a regulation about that. We, yeah, we're actually know. eating and drinking. Yes. So we're actually filming our meal here. And if Facebook doesn't <laughs> like it, right. or yeah. that's too bad for them. It is. Um, um, I do want to talk about that briefly. Mm. You know, I just want to that's make sure nice. we're, being, we're being positive in our message. Because it's easy to go negative. It is. That's it's, a function it, of having, you yeah. know, some, if you have an opinion, sometimes they're positive, sometimes yeah. they're negative. But there's a false gravitas to the finding fault opinion. It's as if you are, you have a. Oh, certain, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I issue of, a disclaimer on, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the, on behalf of the public at all times that they are not in any way required to agree with me. I mean, and mm -hmm. I don't, I don't consider my opinion to be an, you know, exclusively uh, authoritarian or right. authoritarian. Authoritative. 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 Yes. Uh, no, but I mean, I feel I'm, we're, that's what we're here for is to just talk about how we feel about certain things, about, yeah. about one or another thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that you have to feel the same way. You don't. Right. You don't. And right. uh, But if we have infor you know, given you impetus towards you know, either developing a contradictory opinion or saying, you know what, I agree with that guy, right. then there we are. Or if you have an, a third way opinion of your own, well, there yeah. you are. I just, rem uh, as, uh, you know, when I first started writing for the San Diego Reader 10 years ago, I quickly came to the realization, and so did you this fall, that it's much easier to go on a rant than it is to go on a rave about a concert. 
to Did write I? a I you mentioned it. That. Did it's, I? If you it, you run out of it's the metaphors flow when you didn't like it. You can just drop bombs. But when you loved it, oh, boy. I think I've been fairly laudatory you about have. things. I you mean, have, and, but and, it's more difficult. Um, it well, it's not when it's that good. Like like the um, uh, the uh, Augustine uh, Hadlick Hadlick concert. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not difficult to find superlatives to describe that. Right. So I mean, but when when it's when something is not achieving an apex of performance, mm-hmm. um, then we're dealing with. I mean, you're, you're inevitably dealing with a downgrade, a downgraded opinion, and sometimes things do hit the apex of of of, of performance. Yeah, and that's a one hundred percent, you know, both thumbs up kind of thing, <laughs> and. Um, I just wanted to tell a story. I, I, you know, in doing that, I realized um, there's the famous, you know, thing with Laurel and Hardy, where, you know, Ollie asks Stan what time, uh, or Stanley asks Ollie what time it is. They're both mm-hmm. holding holding glasses of, of something, okay. and, and Ollie looks at his watch and pours the drink all over the front, right. so he thinks I'll get back at him and ask Stanley, you know. What time do you, does your watch say? And so Stan wears his on the underside of his wrist and just like goes like that and dumps it all over him. Um, one time I was actually holding a bottle of wine and someone asked me what time it oh, was no. and I literally looked at my watch and I poured oh, it all over nice. myself. And Had like, you been drinking already, hopefully, at that point? Was that the first bottle? It may have been. No. I'm not sure. No. Whatever it was, it, it happened. Yeah. So life, you know, yeah. imitating art. So we are talking about guilty pleasures. <laughs> I went ahead and posted uh, uh, on our website my list of guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. We can talk about some of those. But I have uh, my list is has two layers. Mm-hmm. It has. So how many guilty pleasures? How much guilt are we talking about here? Well, there's former like... guilty pleasures which I will never listen to again. Okay. And then there are current guilty pleasures, which I will listen to and just feel guilty about it. <laughs> so a former guilty pleasure, which I will never listen, voluntarily listen to again, would be Les Prelude by Franz Liszt. All right. I just won't do it. Now I'll hear it performed live, but I'm not going to choose it ever again in my entire life. Why? It just doesn't work for me anymore. Is that how it goes? It's like, what are we... Now, granted, that's a terrible rendition, and hardly um, recognizable in my rendition. But it's just it. It's it's all flash, all sizzle, no steak. It's all sizzle and no steak. In my opinion. But at one point, all puff and no cream. All puff and no cream. Okay. We're all cream and no puff. What's the more substantial part of the cream puff? The cream or the puff, John? Well, that's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Yes. There was a time when I would 
air conduct my balls off in the bathroom mirror to lay prelude. I mean, I would be in it. But And Finlandia as well. That's another one. <laughs> yes, I don't care if I ever hear by, Finlandia. By Jean Sibelius. Um, so those, those are... That's, okay, yeah. we're, we're talking on yeah, the, so the, are, the dispensables here. These are previous guilty pleasures, previous watershed events, actually. Finlandia, the first time you really grab, get a hold of that thing. Oh, it's good. It's good. And now, then it becomes a guilty pleasure, and then it becomes a, it's, I, I, I don't need to hear it again. Right. So that's one part. And then the current would be current guilty pleasures. Like, I would say a current guilty pleasure for me would be Foray's Requiem. I see. I can't. I can't put Foray's Requiem in that category though, because I have. A, I approach it differently. I have. Hmm. A, I actually. It has a liturgical purpose for me. You know. I mean. It does. The the Foray Requiem was written to be a first-class parish requiem, meaning that it would be a, a requiem celebrated with uh, a full choir, even though we're talking about about boys and, and lay clerks, you know, at the, church, the, of, at the church of the Madeleine right. in, in, in Paris. Now, having, uh, very upper know, class, though. It's very difficult to. I, I have questions. A great. This could be a doc. This could be a doctoral thesis for somebody to look into the or, or, original performance practices of the Foray Requiem because there is no choir loft in the Madeleine. There oh. is an organ loft with okay. a seat for an organist in it, and it's tiny, right? But this was meant to be done. So I have no idea what the liturgical disposition of the Madeleine was. Uh, where did the choristers sit? Right. Was there an organ in the sanctuary that they were accompanied with, where organ and musicians could sit? I, I really don't know. It's it's, and now you know in the era of the post liturgical changes when the, the sanctuary is all screwed up, it's difficult to know. I need to see photographs, and to to learn how was this thing performed because mm -hmm. it didn't happen in the organ loft. There was no organ loft, you know, choir choir organ choir loft hmm. at the back of the church. Right. It had to happen up front somewhere okay. but what instrument is there up there i really don't right. know so because it was meant to be done with very small forces you know it's a it's yeah. a it's meant to be an affordable very purchase lyrical. very lyric it's affordable yeah. purchase and it also fits the dimensions of the liturgy mm -hmm. um it's not it's not like the verdi requiem or or the bach b minor mass which are, are oratorios in themselves they're not meant for liturgical performance because they're too vast right right so this is the, the foray is very much a present um uh, and I get hired periodically to provide, you know, either with organ or including some instruments, uh, a, a small choir part? and soloist's Be performance for actual, actual so requiem great. masses. I love it, that baritone. I'm a tenor, but I would sing that baritone. I tried to sing that baritone solo, but the person wouldn't have me. <laughs> I would have done really quite well with yes, it. You were you were done a great disservice in that. I must say. <laughs> uh, okay, but, so, but, so my yeah, guilty pleasure is not yours. So not not that one in that you case. Go, you go for it. So we're we're agreed on Finlandia. Well, we're talking negatives here about things you could really do without hearing again. Right, um, you're right. Now we I was talking about being positive, and here we are going negative. 
<laughs> well, because we're, we're going to get to the positives. Yes. You know, because yeah. the, those so are... So Verdi Requiem and Bach B minor Mass will never, ever be a guilty pleasure for me. No, or, or as I think... Vastly we, different pieces of music. Or the Beethoven Misa Solemnis for me. Now, I can do with hearing Beethoven's Mass in C any time. That's a, that's a wonderful uh, composition. Mm. Yeah, I like and it. And it works. It's very suitable for liturgical performance, which gives it the third dimension. It's quite exciting. Uh, but the, not the... So that's not a guilty pleasure me because there's nothing pleasurable about the Mrs. 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 Solomon. No, it's um, that was that's not on anyone's guilty pleasure list. Um, I'll put you on the spot. You have rather put me yeah, on the 18, spot. 12 over, any overture, any concert overture. Is, yeah, I can. Well, no, not any. I can. I can do without the eighteen twelve overture. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can just do without it pretty much. Um. um I'm going to talk about positives okay. first because that's sure. what. The, the, the Espana Rhapsody by Chabrier always charms my socks off. Okay. I love that piece. Yeah. I really do. I think that there is a facileness of a, a compositorial facility and, and a joie de vivre about that piece that it just didn't trouble Chabrier at all to write it. Mm. And he, he enjoyed the process. Yeah. And that is so well communicated. It's a lush piece. It has wonderful orchestral texture. It just it and it just sparkles in every way. And I think it has a, a, an unusual rhythmic vitality with the. Yeah, it, it is good. It's really yeah. exciting. Mm -hmm. it, it's and then that da da dee da da dee da 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 is so wonderfully sweeping and lyrical. You know, you're just suddenly swimming in the warmth okay, of the Okay, so mail. how about uh, so, the mold down? How about what? The mold down. The mold down. Um, well, you know, I, that's not. That's one of mine. I could it, go without listening. I to could. It again. I could go without listening to that again. I mean, uh, it's too much like the first movement of the Schumann Third or the Sch the Schumann um, um, Rhein Rhein Rhinish Symphony. To me. Um, da -da! River pieces in in waltz time. I I really I'm gonna I'm gonna prefer the I'm gonna the prefer Rhine, the, the Rhinish. Rhinish. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just like it. Yeah. You know, or perhaps the opening of Rheingold. That's a bit of a guilty pleasure for me too. Is the that that e, e, well, that's opera. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about orchestral repertoire. I'm yeah. really not well, thinking talk, about opera. I'm, I, but, I have some operas as well that are guilty pleasures. But so Chabrier, Espana Rhapsody. Okay. And, uh, you and, love. I, I love it. It'll always be on I your can always listen to not that. guilty list. And I always somehow find it not only mentally stimulating, but um, culturally reinforcing. Hmm. I think cultural should be able to provide such pleasurable why expressions did, of why itself. Why did the French write such great music about Spain? Jealousy. Yes, they really did. Jealousy. They, it's mainly jealousy. And they all did. Ravel did. Bizet clearly did. Oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> did. Um, because it's something that it, Iberia Suite by it's Dick. a masculinity that they sought that they mm. wanted oh oh I like that sorry France but 50 million <laughs> Frenchmen can be wrong um, 
But no, I, I, I don't know. It, it's something that they hmm. seek to identify with yeah. because it, it is, I think it, it may represent a certain aggressive assertion in culture and almost an anim, in an animalistic way. Right, because the which French they do have, much better at it than I think the Spanish which, do which they when have, it comes to orchestral well, music. Well, the, the Spanish are too busy living it. Oh, so, so that's nice. the That's the Spaniards' problems. They're too busy living that... Amor. You know, uh, but the French have become somewhat over um, over civilized, as Theodore Roosevelt would have had it, huh. uh, and and it's been bred out of them. But they 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 look at it and they think some con- composers really identify with it and seek to express it, and in probably in a way saying this is something we need to recapture hmm. instead okay. of being captured. Right. But um, so yeah, another guilty pleasure for me. So uh, um, we've. Espanya Rhapsody, Rhinish Symphony. Um, those are guilty pleasures? Those are guilty pleasures okay. for me. Right. And another one, uh, which really springs to mind, just, I don't know quite why, but... Um, the Spring Symphony. No. Um, is uh, Louis Vierne's Westminster, Carillon de Westminster. The know. Westminster Carillon by Louis Vierne. Is it one of those where we all know it, but we don't know that it's called that? Well, if you know, da 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 dum, da 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 dum, da 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 dum, da 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 da, it's an organ improvisation ah, of extraordinary the, the chromatic yeah. and 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 technical virtuosity mm-hmm. on that simple theme, right. and it is a it's it's just a, sh- a work of sheer genius, and it's it has it's. All it is is a is a postlude or a, a vo- an organ voluntary piece. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any liturgical use. It's a concert piece. It could be used as a as a as a postlude or as a right. prelude Usually, to a yeah. big liturgy or something. Yeah. But it's just magnificent, and it's always it's thr- thrilling pleasure. to hear it. That's a guilty pleasure. That's a guilty okay. pleasure for me. Yeah. All right. You want one more? Or you want to go? Go ahead. You're on a roll. I'm a big fan of 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 overtures. Um. And concert overtures. I mean, and that ranges from everything from like you know Harold's uh, uh, the, the opera Zampa about the pirate. You know, I mean, it's like a nineteenth-century <laughs> potboiler adventure uh, uh, opera about a pirate. You know, and, and it, uh-huh. it has the, one of the most famous opening thing opening themes with the the, the woodwinds and strings uh, or the woodwinds and brass on this chattering yup up 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 and and the, the the strings come right on with this it's a famous just launch into it overture mm. and It's not particularly complicated, but damn, it's exciting. <laughs> it's just so much fun yeah. to hear. I, I just love it. Um, uh, something that has turned into a guilty pleasure for me, though, is the Elgar, um, the Elgar, um, uh, co- the Cockane Overture. Oh, okay. I, I long to conduct that piece just because I want to be inside of it. I love it so much. Mm. There is so much of London represented in that piece. And in the 1926 recording in Queen's Hall, where Elgar was conducting in front of an electrified mic for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
the the palpable virtuosic love that the orchestra had for that man comes through. I mean, and he dedicated it to the members of the English orchestra, to my friends amongst the English orchestras. Um, uh, and I've, I've read it, um, I, I've read a sub comment about that that said, um, uh, and, and didn't he give them the most wonderful roles to play hmm. in that. Yeah. It, it's a wonderful piece, and I, I, I listen to it way too much, right. but it really speaks to my heart about things that I feel about England and, and, um, and British culture um, that I've come to know through the years. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I love that piece. Yeah. And I listen to it. To, now, that, that's how something can become a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. You listen to it too much. Too much you, you listen it. to yeah. it. Instead yeah. of doing something with it, you just yeah. listen to it, you know? Yeah. So, 